1: Hello and welcome to the NWSL Challenge Cup final recap on Attacking 3rd. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today as always are my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. Thank you all so much for joining us live. Be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss a moment whenever we go live. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Attacking 3rd for so much more. We have to get into this Challenge Cup final, a 2-1 victory for North Carolina Courage, naming them Challenge Cup champions. We want to start off this episode by sending our best wishes to Jordan Baggett, who exited the match in stoppage time on a stretcher. A very, very haunting moment in the game, and we will talk about that a little bit towards the later stage of this episode. But we've got a 2-1 victory for the Courage. Goals from Gerolene. and own goal by Taylor Eimer and Ashley Hatch also getting on the board for the Spirit. Gerolene named MVP in the Challenge Cup Final. Lots to get into here. Lisa, we did a pregame show with Lori Lindsay about this, uh about this match here. And we talked a little bit about a number of things. We talked about general keys to the match we talked about uh potential key players uh, wild card players that we were going to look for to have an impact in this game and uh i want to say that it delivered in the first half and then in the second half we just got Some real chaos And uh, it's kind of left the feeling a certain type of way Yeah, it was um, definitely a challenge I had to put my hat on for the recap I went hatless for the preview I had to put my hat on for the recap Because I just didn't want anyone to see the like Steam Of rage like rising off of my head. I I was uh, a little upset with how things played out in this second half. I really, really feel for the players on both sides of the pitch in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's how we got to break it down a little bit in this recap. We got to go half one and half two. So let's uh, take a look at kickoff here. We reacted in the preview towards the... Uh, starting 11s in this one we didn't feel like there were too many surprises but we were excited about the uh, the chance to see some new faces get more time uh, on the curved side of the ball and we were excited to sort of see this this trio that we've been talking so much about in Rodman Hatch and Sanchez when when the whistle kicked off everything Lisa what was sort of settling in for you because it was a wild kind of end-to-end opening 10 minutes here
0: that is the perfect way to describe it wild opening a few minutes of this match. And and yeah, we did talk about the starting lineups. And with Lori Lindsay, we discussed um, the matchups between the wingers for Washington and the outside backs. And it was Trinity Rodman going up against Carson Pickett and Anna Helferty against Merritt Mathias. And that was the matchup that I was, I I texted both you and Lori right in the first five minutes of this match. And I was like, it's Rodman against Pickett. We talked about that one V one battle. And if, Rodman wasn't on the side with Pickett. Would they make changes? Would that happen? But that's how it lined up. And, and if you listen to the broadcast on CBS, you could hear Allie Wagner giving great insight into the fact that when Trinity Rodman is on the right side of the field, she gets assists. When she's on the left side of the field, she scores goals. And this is a match that Chris Ward wanted goals from her, and he wanted to see different things from her. Um, but I, I really loved this one-v-one battle between these two. And Carson Pickett won out this battle against Rodman, especially in the first 10 to 15 minutes. It was, I was nervous about watching Washington. They looked asleep. They couldn't build out of the back. Um, Aubrey Bledsoe was looking, goalkeeper for Washington was looking to go with quick transition and, and get the start trying to find Rodman on those outlet passes when she did get the ball. And wasn't connecting they weren't on the same page by any means and because of that North Carolina kept winning the ball it's so much possession in those first 10 to 15 minutes and it showed it it resulted in a goal too of course but um that's really my first takeaway was it that North Carolina came to play you could feel the home field advantage vibes and Washington was a half step behind their midfielders were just a step too slow. They couldn't connect on their passes and Washington could not build out of the back with Caroline pressing so high against them. It was a big detriment to the first 15 minutes of this match.
1: I'm with you hundred percent. I just, there was something about this courage side is when that first whistle went off, you just saw this in, Sort of look in their either body language, they just really just hit their foot on the pedal and really didn't let up, quite frankly, for at least 20 to 30 minutes of that opening half. Uh, Lisa, shout out to you, you know, looking at uh, Caroline as, as this player to have an impact in the game going on to win the MVP honors. Uh, but gosh, maybe we could talk a little bit about how that opening goal and just taking 11 minutes to, to, to happen and for me, I was looking at action out on the flank. I was looking at this fullback position for the Kurds specifically. I thought they had way more depth there uh, to be able to kind of go toe-to-toe alongside that attack of the Spirit. And we see here win this ball, just zoom past Kelly O'Hara, just completely beats oh, her defender, gets in the open space, connects with Caroline, and Caroline getting the, her first uh, Challenge Cup goal here And it was uh, spectacular. It was beautiful to to see. And you just sort of felt a certain type of energy that sort of came with that goal that gets scored, not just only that early in the match. Right. But just sort of the fact that you've got some new players that are still kind of getting their footing a in this league and B specifically with the North Carolina courage. It was uh it was lovely to see and just sort of coming and seeing that happen so quickly off of what was almost an opportunity for the spirit. So you just see Sanchez connecting Rodman and hatch, and there was a, a save there. And then just a minute later, Boom. And we talked about this, this coming down to being a transitional game. Sean Nahas also mentioned that, saying that really felt the game was going to come down to moments of transition. And we saw that in this opening goal. And I think once they got that breakthrough, it was early enough to where you just keep chasing and chasing. And we saw this kind of prototypical, you know, attack you in waves type of mentality from The Courage. And they didn't let up for about a half hour there. It was very impressive.
0: That's what I talked about in the pregame. It was if North Carolina could control the transition and, and be patient in the buildup when they needed to, but then look to quickly attack. And they did a tremendous job at that. And it started because their high press was so high. Um, we are Looking at this opening first half, because ultimately it these teams go into halftime 1-1 because Washington is able to get an equalizer. But the opening goal from North Carolina and Caroline, she gets her first NWSL goal. And this was a very good goal. And it's so perfect that the assist came from Davinia. Like, that's so perfect. We couldn't have drawn that up any better. And I think everyone across the NWSL was saying that, that these two are so lethal together. And now the fact that we're seeing the combination play and it's coming into different parts and pieces of the NWSL, it is so, so crucial. And then North Carolina kept attacking. They did not change anything in their mentality. It was, let's keep going. Let's do the same thing. Aubrey Blood, so minutes later, coming up with a huge block. It wasn't necessarily a save. She just got her body so big and was able to redirect the ball with her hand. And North Carolina ends up picking up the rebound and continuing possession. That's the craziest thing, that no matter how many times Washington attempted to stop North Carolina, the Courage were on the second ball, and they retained possession of it um, coming down to the goal that ultimately happened for Washington Spirit and Ashley Hatch. I mean, that this combination play, we talked about Caroline and Davina. It's the combination from Trinity Rodman to Ashley Hatch. And this replay is fantastic. I know our incredible social media gal, Sydney, she put it out on our Twitter at Attacking Third. The highlights are on YouTube at Attacking Third. Um, but this goal from Ashley Hatch and the combination from Trinity Rodman is really impressive because Rodman, she cuts back into the midfield. She receives the ball, and she has pressure on her, but she's so calm under pressure that she takes two touches, one touch to control it and keep the ball moving, and the second touch, a beautiful slip pass between the defenders to find Ashley Hatch. On the replay, they show um, a vantage point from North Carolina's goal, and you can see Ashley Hatch. Waiting, she's like revving up her legs, almost running in place, waiting for that ball to be played through. And as soon as it's played, she takes a step and she's in behind the back line. Like that is picture perfect coaching by Ashley Hash to do that. It's a really good timed ball by Trinity Rodman, um, and then Washington gets on the board. But it, that it took until that goal for momentum to switch into Washington Spirits' favor because. Spirit was just giving away the ball. They couldn't retain possession of it. And North Carolina looked to be the better team, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes of this match.
1: Absolutely. I just, you know, watching that equalizer come by way of Ashley Hatch, you just, it we're, we got to talk about these moments when we're going to in this match. But there were moments here in this match where you just sort of felt like, oh, is this going to be one of these things that kind of stains this final? But we're talking about an equalizer goal that that comes from the spirit by way of Ashley Hatch. And minutes before that, I want to just backtrack a little bit. We're we we enter this half hour mark the courage are are still kind of relentless in, in their attack a little bit in the spirit for their credit, this, you know, they had most of the ball, but they just weren't able to sort of uh, get these higher shot numbers as compared to a team like the courage, but they were level by halftime in terms of actual attempts on targets, splitting that for a piece. And when we're looking at this half hour mark of the game, specifically, we have a moment where, Getoline causing a lot of trouble for backlines here. Emily Sonnet really kind of forced to try to mark her and make things difficult for the Brazilian International. But there's a moment where there's a questionable handball in the box by Sonnet. Mm-hmm. And this is a call that doesn't get made. And this is perhaps just the first instance in this game alone that can perhaps get into a player's head or get into the coaching staff's head on the sideline and kind of, you know, leave a little bit of an imprint on the remainder of the game. And you have two minutes later after that no goal in the 35th minute, you have the equalizer by the spirit and hatch. It just, there were trends in this game, unfortunately, that were not uh, good trends that we should say, not ones that I think we're proud of coming on this show to talk about. And that was one of those moments, and when that happens, Lisa, it's like you know you hit the reset button mm-hmm. a little bit. It's 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 level now. It's almost it might as well be zero zero again at this point. Uh, but we saw a little bit more of continued end to end in that half. Uh, Emily Gray at one point almost getting a chance for the courage to extend the lead for them once more before halftime. But all level. 1-1 as these two uh, went into the the halftime. I think maybe take a pause here for a moment to talk about it. Anything out of that first half in particular, Lisa, that you saw that maybe you were like, hmm, maybe we'll see a change here in the second half from either side. Did anything stick out? Were you looking for an adjustment?
0: Um, not in particular because it was really uh, pretty even throughout that first half it, in terms of, how it ended, but I wanted to see changes from Washington's side to be able to control possession and to be able to have a little bit more understanding of where they were on the pitch, because stat-wise, North Carolina controlled that first half. Shots 15 for the Courage, five for Washington throughout that match. Um, Dabinia had the shot off the post for North Carolina in that first half, and the possession, although, was pretty even by the end of that, 46% to North Carolina and 53% to Washington. But for Washington, they they weren't keeping the ball well enough, frankly, and, and their passing just wasn't good enough in that first half, and they needed – to control more of the ball and and control the tempo of it. And honestly, it was lacking Andy Sullivan in the midfield. And I know she hasn't played for Washington for a number of matches. She's coming back from a bit of an injury. And the other midfielders have stepped up and done a tremendous job, whether it's Dorian Bailey or Taylor Almer in that midfield. But they were missing the presence of Andy Sullivan in that first half as someone who can – rain in a game completely receive the ball switch the point of attack and and go from there for North Carolina they needed to continue doing what they were doing get the ball to Caroline get the ball to Dabinia pick off the passes from Washington Spirit and just sail right through to the second half if anything give a little bit more confidence to Berkeley players like Gray and Berkeley and Ordonez who were rookies and had tough moments I mean we saw Gray get a number of shots but you gotta put those away, Gray. You gotta put them on frame at least.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I think it's a great point that you bring up about somebody like an Andy Sullivan. And and yes, yeah, soccer is a team sport. We don't we're we don't we're I think both in agreement that we're not gonna come on here and say that it comes down to one player. But we kind of saw that a little bit. It was almost like an Andy Sullivan sized hole in that midfield yeah. for the spirit. And, and compared, you know, going up to the box that we see that North Carolina typically presents it it was a tough day and then we saw somebody like uh, Denise O'Sullivan just really kind of keep some players in her pocket throughout early parts and stretches of that first half but but I'm with you in terms of having this moment in the halftime and wondering if there were going to be any immediate adjustments in in the second half. And it was something that I was thinking about just because we knew going into this game that there were two teams battling out for a challenge cup. Uh, on short rest. It was a quick turnaround for both of these teams. So I was a little curious as to if maybe those adjustments were going to come earlier in a game like this coming directly out of a halftime scenario, or if we were going to see something more towards uh, the hour mark perhaps, which I think we were also keeping an eye on uh, to see if there was going to be some fatigue settling in uh, or heavy legs for either, uh, you know, either team on this day. So when we got to the second half here, you know, a little bit of set-piece play, I think, to start off this second half. We had the Spirit winning a corner pretty early on, a couple minutes into the second half. And then <laughs> we get some uh, some more questionable things taking place in this match in terms of, of uh, corners being won. Just past the 50th minute or so, we saw Caroline doing what she has been doing throughout this game uh, on the ball. Into the box and a terrible, terrible, terrible tackle by Staub on Caroline connecting all ankle, as we all saw on the replay by several different angles, Uh grabbing the ankle. And uh, that was tough to watch on the replay. I think at one point I was like ouch i feel that in my own ankle and that was that looked uh it looked as as bad as it did quite frankly because we saw the reaction from this from this player uh in terms of you know the the pain that she she felt having to and then had to exit the match uh due to that but tough lisa i want to ask you on this moment of the game in particular um you know as a just give me the defenders, you know, perspective or mentality or angle of this. Uh, you see a player making this type of run into the box. What's, what's behind that decision there?
0: I, I cannot speak to what Sam Staub was going through her head. Um, when you watch this replay, Caroline gets on, it gets in front of Staub, and Staub is now behind the ball behind the player inside the 18 yard box. Stop got beat and uh, at different points in and locations on the field, there are different ways that you play this out. Being so close to the goal and having a player like Caroline that's ready to shoot, uh, what it looked like, Sam Staub decided, I need to go for the slide tackle. And instead of curling around the outside of Caroline's body to come in almost perpendicular to Caroline to get the ball, she came parallel with caroline and instead of going around the side of her maybe she went straight through her legs because she was so far behind her and from caroline's perspective she did a fantastic job job to beat the defender and as an attacker with the ball once you beat the defender your first step needs to be cutting in, in to cut off that defender that way they are now on your back shoulder and not next to you just behind you so caroline did that fantastically yeah. as a defender Staub got beat. She needs to recover near post at that point because no matter where this was on the field, it should have been a red card. It, no matter where it was on the field, it should have been a red card. Saab is the last defender back at this point. It was clear taking out of Caroline's legs and then an afterthought of getting the ball. This was a horrible, dirty yeah. tackle and a missed call.
1: I, I, wonder, I wonder if the combination of... I wonder if just the combination of the timing of all this, uh, you know, again, we talked about the hour mark specifically that we're going to be paying attention to, but the the combination of the, of the time time timestamp in the match, you know, coupled with the fact that it was a quick turnaround, we could see the heavy legs Mm -hmm. kind of settling in, but also this added component of this, this, the courage were kind of on that front foot again towards this this hour mark. We're talking about, you know, Car- Caroline getting, you know, a, a shot off just before this moment in the game. Uh, my God, there was this incredible link up between the Dribbling and cutting into the box, laying off a ball for uh, Ardones, who was yeah. just in the right place in the right time and absolutely mistimed oh, God. a, a tap in. You know, so you're talking about these moments again. We're starting to see from the courage, these little bits of waves of of pressure and attack. And I'm wondering if all of those things combined together just sort of led to this very tough moment in the box between Stab and caroline unfortunately it was a type of tackle that took this player out of the game had to make a substitution here and this sets up ultimately uh, a set piece for the courage so uh, a set piece was came out of this and all of a sudden you had <laughs> a corner kick a, a corner, corner kick. kick. There's no Excuse foul called there
0: was a yellow card given on this but that was for goal. dissent wasn't it merritt matthias oh. received a yellow for talking to the referee about this mm. call there was ultimately no call made and the ball went out of bounds and as caroline is on the end line recovering with the trainer there's a corner kick being played by carson pickett
1: let's talk about that a little bit carson pickett coming into this game getting the start having to battle her way back from some injuries uh concerns early on in this year having a ridiculous game for the Courage and delivering this corner kick for them, it forces ultimately an own goal. Looking back at some of the highlights of this goal, you have a big target in the box and somebody like Diana Ordonez, we could see that ball with precision from Pickett heading into that area and there's just enough bodies Mm -hmm. and turbulence happening in this moment that it ends up being an own goal credited to Taylor Almer off of uh, that set piece there. But unfortunately we have another chaotic moment just off of seeing Caroline get substituted out of this game or make an exit to the side of the pitch. Aubrey Kingsbury goes down in this moment after having contact with the post and trying to make a play on this ball. It was was another scary moment in just a, a, a consecutive minutes one after the other.
0: I think contact is putting it lightly. This is like as a goalkeeper, this would be my worst fear because as Aubrey Kingsbury goes up for the ball, Um, She gets sandwiched between players, and it's when she's down and landing that her head gets smushed between the post and a player's leg. And it was no foul, right, against, I believe it was Ordonez, but there was no foul against there uh, in that type of situation. It's bodies colliding, and as Kingsbury is falling, her head smacks against the post. Oh, it was – so many like scary moments would made my stomach turn. And and that was one of them seeing her immediately grabbing her head. You could see her teammates surrounding her, making sure that her head was okay because they could see it happen. I'm sure you could hear it because uh, those posts are hollow and they make a very loud sound when you hit them. And it all, Immediately, it was the training staff running onto the pitch because that's a head injury and that's incredibly dangerous. Um, Before that happened, though, it was a good goal by North Carolina. I mean, they they don't. I'm not taking these. Yeah, and and I'm only saying that because Kingsbury was fine. She ended up playing the rest of the game. I hope she is okay. I'm sure they're going to do a concussion protocol and make sure she is all right. But Ordonia is getting up making contact with the ball and then sending it back into a dangerous area that results in a goal, all while, all while Caroline is still on the end line receiving treatment, walking back. She starts celebrating um, after this goal happens. But it was consecutive dangerous plays back to back to back in the second half, really the second half of the second half. It it's, took a turn for the worst in this game.
1: Yeah, I think uh, right after the Courage, you know, go up and get that go-ahead goal, and it's 2-1 in the 70th minute at this point. It's just, you're wondering if maybe there's enough here in these final 20 minutes to just sort of... Maybe we're going to see a, a bit to end to end, you know, and just in an effort for both of these teams, one side try to lock things down or or the the opposition, in this case, the spirit, try to get another one back. You know, th- these are two teams that played each other already two times prior in challenge cup group stage wouldn't probably wouldn't have been shocked if maybe it would edit an egg regulation in some type of a draw. Although I remember you and I, on our preview, we said, we don't want that to happen. We want to see a winner, but unfortunately that just didn't happen again. We have minutes later. We, we see, we see a moment between Abby Erseg and Ashley hatch two players looking at a 50, 50 ball, hatches cleats connecting with abby Ersigs. it looks like the side or the rib area there you have the captain the courage now down on the pitch again yeah. it just sort of felt like moment after moment after moment there was something new there was another player on the pitch it was it was it was a tough scene, it was, quite frankly. So this,
0: it, it, there's so many different reasons why all these fouls happened yeah. consecutively. And they were talking about them on the broadcast. But I think it's important to bring light to it that uh, for these teams, it was their third oh, match yep. in eight days, nine days or so, eight for one team, nine for the other. And these players are fatigued. When you look at North Carolina, they had their back line was playing majority of these minutes, Kaylee Kurtz, Abby Urseg, Denise O'Sullivan. They played every single minute throughout the Challenge Cup. Um, And then the same when you look at Washington Spirit, these players played a lot of minutes. And not only are your bodies fatigued, but mentally, that's incredibly exhausting. And then the stoppage of plays due to the injuries and the bad tackles. Yeah give a a nice break and a mental lapse for players that so many times they're, they're keyed in and that's the captain's job to say, Hey, we got to stay focused. This is where we regroup right now in the stoppage time. and, And these pause moments where we get to come together, but everyone was so fatigued physically and mentally and emotionally that after those stoppages, it, it kept getting worse because then we see sloppy tackles because players are out of position because they're tired, because they've played consecutive games with a regular season, a semifinal. And then this final, um, it, it was dangerous to see. It was scary to watch because you weren't really sure what was around the next corner. I mean, even watching Abby Ursag get hit pretty hard, cleats to the ribs.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think at that moment, too, though, if you look back at it, you see both players just like they're looking at this ball yeah, that was like yeah. loud up you've got two players just trying to to meet at the exactly. same time and it just was it just was one of these unfortunate things that occurred i don't think there was anything malicious there kind of on on either side but it just these these constant occur- occurrences and these stoppages of play that were occurring in the final you know 20 to, to 15 minutes of regulation here was i think it was a tough kind of end product right. to sort of see on on the On the broadcast, and I really did feel for this. I'm so glad you brought that up because we were talking a little bit about that ahead of this game. You and I were chatting a little bit about that off mic, that that's that's a that's a big, big ask of these players to go ahead and uh, play an incredibly highly competitive match to compete for a title on a quick turnaround and short rest. And, you know, some of these players
0: with travel
1: with travel, have just extra travel a, on a, their legs. Just wasn't
0: at a neutral location for the semifinals and the final. There was travel
1: involved. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was. It was tough, tough to see, and I just uh, you could sort of see like the the way it was playing out that it was going to probably end in a bit more of a, a grinder than it was going to be in this sort of oh high sophisticated quick end to end type of soccer and uh, it's uh, it's just unfortunate uh, a little bit to sort of see this here and um, we're obviously building up and talking about some of these occurrences we have a moment to unfortunately close out the game there's because of the prior injuries and stoppage of play that took place in these kind of final 15 to 20 minutes of the match we saw extended stoppage time in this one. And, and when you have lengthy amounts of stoppage time in this one, it can maybe lead to more chaotic type of moments on the pitch, unfortunately. Eight unfortunately. Minutes. Yeah, so we're we're seeing – we saw late substitutions happen, the Courage bringing on Speck, bringing on Daniels. And this one, you're, you're looking at the time to oh, perhaps – lock things in, Taylor Smith getting a run out there, maybe lock things in, run down the opposition uh, a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> a substitution in a stoppage time with Jordan Baguette coming in and replacing Audrey Harding during this stoppage time moment. And just minutes later, uh, off of an attempt to make you know, a bit of a clearance. You had two players, and and Baggett and Dabinya going after a ball. Again, tough collision that occurs. And um, what I saw on the broadcast was just uh, an immediately uh, just a stillness from uh, from Baggett on the pitch. And you saw, I think, the body language and the reaction from the players in this moment. I think was enough to tell. The viewership of this game, everything that you needed to know that it was a very scary moment on the pitch. You have players immediately screaming for EMTs to come on into the match with a card. You have coaches on the sidelines. You have a home crowd in North Carolina screaming faster, faster, faster for EMTs to get a cart ready for this player. It was uh, absolutely horrific scenes to sort of close out this match, and uh, we hope that Jordan Baggett has a quick recovery and that the next update that everyone gets will be a good update on this player.
0: Yes, it was devastating, um, scary to watch, and I – my prayers and my thoughts are with Jordan and Washington spirit. Um, but it, I think the reaction from not only Washington spirit players, but North Carolina players, North Carolina fans and coaches immediately looking to help Jordan bag it on the ground in, in whatever way they could, whether that was yelling for a stretcher, uh, Washington spirit players actually running over to where the ambulance was to help the EMT run with the stretcher back across the pitch um, they, they had just played 90 minutes and there they are okay. running, uh, across the pitch to help their teammate because they know that that's what she needs. Um, truly devastating. And of, uh, of course, our, our thoughts are with her. It, the, the one thing that when she was on the stretcher, uh, being carted off the field, she was smiling. She, she had her head up and, and she did crack a smile. So I don't know what that means, but, um, when you see a player on a stretcher, it's never good if they crack a smile, um. Your your heart breaks and feels for them a little bit more, but devastating devastating to see. And then there was still time left to play in that game, and it, it I mean that injury took my breath away and yeah. made me very upset. And I couldn't imagine as a player, we saw some of the looks on the players' faces just truly devastated and heartbroken for their teammate, for their opponent, and then to go and continue to play um, more minutes, but you could see from Washington spirit it was let's go play this for Jordan let's do this and, and get this win for Jordan
1: yeah it's a <laughs> it was a tough moment to to watch that and see that play out that that moment happening in stoppage time it's something um, you the other thing that goes in the back of your mind you're like God there's gonna be more time added on at least the officials watch taking everything into consideration mm-hmm. here that's that's happening uh, on the pitch it was just not I think a way that um, anyone wanted this game to end. Um, I feel for the entire Washington Spirit players who happen to be out on the pitch in that moment. It is deeply disturbing, uh, quite frankly, the image of players having to rush over and assist um, in that moment. Um, and it is, quite frankly, really tough uh, for us to sit here and react to that ourselves, uh, because we're both just two people. We're humans and we're also, you know, people with, you know, brains and hearts and thoughts and feelings. And uh, it was tough to watch that. And it took a second to hop on here to be yeah. able to speak about this and um, a bit of a coherent <laughs> Manner versus just high energy or high emotion or or otherwise. Um, this just there's a lot of things here within this match. I think that are unfortunately overshadowing some other things uh, within it. I mean, ultimately the game concludes in regulation, and the North Carolina Courage win their first ever Challenge Cup for their club. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: Caroline gets. MVP status. And And, and uh,
0: North Carolina becomes the most winningest club in the NWSL. Their first NWSL Challenge Cup championship title, but seventh overall.
1: They're they're racking them up, quite frankly. Adding it to the trophy case. Adding it to the trophy case. But it's also, I think, a little bit uh, symbolic, I think, for uh, this franchise and some of those players. I mean, they went through... Uh, what can only be described as, you know, an agonizing 2021 um, with the termination of their coach last year, you know, near end of season, um, needing a little bit of help to get into the playoffs based on some other results and the players having to carry a lot of that, uh, all of the sort of negative headlines with them uh, throughout the remainder uh, of the season. So to sort of see these players, put together this challenge cup run that they did i i would imagine that it has to feel like perhaps a bit of a breath of fresh air and perhaps the signaling of a new era for them um and of course maybe i think if you're of the if you're a player in this league i'm sure You have an unreal competitive uh, radar and they're probably looking at this as the first, right? There's a number of titles to still be won uh, throughout 2022 if you're an NWSL side. So I imagine that they they may be looking at this as uh, the first. But uh, overall thoughts, I think, on the Challenge Cup as a whole, Lisa, what did you think about it? What do you think about the courage coming out as winners on top? Uh, Let's sort of give some overall thoughts here to kind of close things out.
0: I'm surprised. Honestly, when we did our preview of Challenge Cup in early March, we weren't sure what North Carolina was going to bring because they had lost really big pieces in the offseason in um, Jess McDonald up top and or excuse me, Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, Sam Lewis in the midfield. There was just a number of players that had been rotated through and then Casey Murphy being injured, injured. It wasn't that expected for North Carolina to go on and win this Challenge Cup. But the fact that they did, I think, is very telling of their offseason work, what they did in the season, the fact that Sean Nance came in didn't change a system in in a box midfield and the two strikers in, in the 4-2-2-2, two, 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 and that he kept things consistent. Um, I was pleased to see that. Is It's funny. I think it gives me a chuckle that two teams out of the East Region made it to the Challenge Cup final, um, and that's really how it came down. The Challenge Cup is very different than the regular season. I don't think this is indicative of what we're going to see throughout the regular season. I think more changes will come. Um, Maybe we'll see a bit of a deeper bench from North Carolina throughout this regular season. But overall, a a good tournament, a long tournament. I'd appreciate a little less overlap moving (laughs) forward. But I think it's a good chance. I mean, Now that the players win a purse and they have cash coming out of this as champions, that's a better incentive. And that's what these players deserve, to be able to play not just for – their crest and to get a trophy and, and win, uh, but a little bit of cash money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I love, uh, I love a surprise. I, it feels like yesterday when we were just starting to cover the beginning of this challenge cup, um, making picks for teams who are going to come out of their respective, Divisions or picks for teams who are going to lift this cup. I, I remember being high on Oil Rain and thinking that they were going to come and and lift this cup. Um, and obviously, the Spirit were contenders as defending uh, NWSL champions, and they were high on our list as well. But uh, I love a good surprise, and uh, I love to mm-hmm. hop on these episodes and these segments and and get to get a chance to to talk about that. So, congratulations to the North Carolina Courage. I think surprising maybe uh, not themselves, but maybe. Maybe perhaps many others uh, around them. and But there is a regular season that is going to continue for both of these teams. I think for me, Lisa, I enjoyed the Challenge Cup. I think it's a really good idea that needs to continue to evolve. Uh, we have seen now three different iterations of and the different. Challenge Cup. We saw a Challenge Cup in 2020 uh, in place of a season due to the pandemic out in Utah. And then in 2021, we saw teams divided up into two groups going head to head ending up with two finalists. And now here in the third edition, we saw 12 clubs divided up over three groups with a final four for semifinalists and then two teams going head to head and also the introduction of some overlap uh, with the regular season. So I think in year 2023, I would love to see some more involvement of the Challenge Cup. I can, I, my only hope is that along with seeing something like added bonus prizes or money for the players in this one, that we also get to take into consideration and see some other areas in which we can improve this competition for the players on the pitch and the overall product on the screen and we're going to leave it with that thank you all so much for listening to attacking third you can follow us on tiktok twitter and instagram at attacking third we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows we're also available as video subscribe to us at youtube visit youtube.com slash attacking third if you've got questions for us guess what you can leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts with your question and we'll answer it and we'll be back Sunday for our regular season recap. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was The taxi
0: You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition